Lauren and she talks. This is Kiss and Tell Radio. All right, guys. Hey, how y'all doing? Welcome to episode 10 of Kiss and Tell Radio. I am Char Says So. Char Jocelle, you know where you can find me, everything charsaysso.com. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, everything Char Says So. And this week, Jace is not in studio with us. We have a special co-host. Do you want to introduce yourself, my dear? Hello, everyone. It's Kendall, Kendall Wright. Um, All my Twitter and uh, Instagram hashtags. I'm sorry, my social, your handles. My handles <laughs> are uh, Kendall K E N D A L L underscore J W. Thank you, Kendall, for joining me today. This means a lot. I'm really excited. Are you? Of course. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jace, for reaching out to me. I'm excited. So, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Um, as you get older, Thanksgiving seems to change every year. Um, yeah. What you focus on seems to change. So it was real good to be with family and not be working. So you're, did you cook anything? I learned to make macaroni and cheese. Ooh. Um, my mom, I've been telling my mom there's something wrong that I can't cook and both of my parents can cook so well. Really? So there is I helped something my wrong. dad. Um, he just had shoulder surgery so okay. I helped him do the turkey on the um, grill and we did a smoked turkey on the grill and then my mm. mom taught me to make macaroni and cheese. I love a good smoked turkey or a deep fried Cajun turkey. That's how my family does it but of course Y'all know I'm based out of Chicago. This year, my roommates and I, we came together. I made, uh, from scratch, everything from scratch, I made chicken and sausage jambalaya. I made the macaroni and cheese, which actually turned out just a little bit dry, but I think I needed like an extra little, some some extra, maybe I baked it too hard, but it was just a little dry. It okay. wasn't like crunchy. Okay. It wasn't bad dry. Mine had too much cheese. It was, so okay. Well, I could have used some of that damn cheese. <laughs> And I also made uh, like this spicy like collard greens. So that's what we had. And we had the typical stuff that everybody else has. And we just, we turned up. We yeah. turned up. And I'm so damn picky. I, I barely, You're a picky eater? I'm so picky. I did not know that. Yeah. And my, see, I eat it all. My palate is real limited. And I don't like textures. And oh, I'm weird. I eat it all. <laughs> okay. But I'm glad that you had such a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. Yeah, I really no appreciate it. But it's okay. I will say, you're a picky eater. I don't know if you, I don't know what you eat. Jambalaya is full of different textures. Yeah, you got true. vegetables, you got meats, you but got I, rice. I live for good jambalaya. Oh, it's good too. But that sounds good. Maybe, maybe some other time. Okay. Okay. Next, next Thanksgiving. <laughs> right, right. All right. So the first topic is about wholeness being deleted. If you all watched uh, last Tuesday on BET's Being Mary Jane, Mary Jane sat down with a friend and they basically were talking about what Drea Michelle made so, so, so popular. And that's basically about your wholeness being deleted. What do you feel about that, Kendall? You know, just like how Thanksgiving and holidays change as we get older, I think that my definition of a hoe has changed. Yes. Um, and so I, my definition of a hoe in high school was very stringent and clear to me. Mm-hmm. Somebody sleeping around um, and not being settled down or in one monogamous relationship. And as I get older, I try not to make those judgments. But I do believe that there comes a point where you you were being flirtatious and, and uh, exploring your sexuality. And at some point, you can delete that and move on and, and be monogamous and so yeah I, I do believe in a sense that your wholeness can be deleted but it to me it depends on who you're saying is deleted to so you know what you did mm-hmm. so if if at any point in your life you would identify as a hoe 
then that's some inter the, inner that work. I would that you say need so to, too. You need to work. And on. I would totally also um, agree with you about how your definition has kind of changed about what a quote unquote hoe is. Yeah. The more that I grew and the the more I learned about patriarchy and internalized misogyny and misogynoir and all of these, you know, kind of buzzwords that you hear in so many different things when it comes to equal rights and fem and intersection intersectional feminism, excuse me. Mm. Um, and it's totally warped what I even from college, yeah. what I called a hoe in college. I, I just had a girl I apologized to, actually, because right. I called her a hoe in college. I, I verbally dragged her in college. <laughs> but the feeling was mutual. She verbally dragged me, too. But I apologized to her because I did not realize that. And I think I shared this on the last time Jason and I came together for the show. Just like Amber Rose says, my pussy, my choice. So who am I to really police that? Right. right. If you are comfortable doing what you're doing, do what you do. Right. That's not that. We got nothing to do with me. Not at all. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, like I said, the people that I would have judged even even in undergrad. Um, mm-hmm. Now that, you know, my master's program, I'm, I'm completely, my time is different. The things that I focus on are totally different. So the, the experiences that you have that shape your opinions at different times mm-hmm. in your life really can do that. And I think the yes. same thing as far as your sexuality and how you choose to express that. Mm-hmm. And deleting your wholeness, I feel like... You can. I, I agree that you can do that as well, but I feel like it shouldn't be deleted. And I feel like it shouldn't be deleted because I feel like you should own every experience. And if you are like me, listen, it's no secret that I was promiscuous years ago, but I was still promiscuous. I went through a promiscuous phase, but I think it's safe to say that everybody has. You all listening may disagree, but I think it's safe. Ask your Stop friends. Being prudes. Y'all ask know your y'all friends, ask your aunts, ask your uncles. Typically, people do go through a phase of promiscuity, and um, I own mine. I really do own mine because there are lessons learned, especially more so emotionally than sexually, learned that I, in order to navigate successfully as an adult now, I needed that. Otherwise, I'd be the most naive, just gullible, just taking advantage of girl in Los Angeles. And let's give the sexual knowledge something, too. I mean, yeah, you learn. You you learn something. You do. You You learn what works for you. You learn what doesn't work for you. You learn how you like to be touched. Yes. And And you learn how you don't like to be touched. How you like to touch and how you don't like to touch. Come on. So, yeah, I'm not. Do you? So is there, do you think that there are too many, is there like a limit? Are there too many people that you can have sex with? Well, well, okay. If we're talking about for health and safety, that's a whole different thing. Oh, yes. So for me, um, I like to, even in any moment where I would identify as a promiscuous phase, um, I was, I'm still very um, particular about who I engage in in certain type of types I would of hope so. So not that I'm judging. <laughs> no, no, but no. I would hope so because I was very persnickety with my with yeah. with what I was doing too. Yeah, and I think I think that's that's another um, lens that you can look look through to see as far as how you gauge that to whether or not you think certain things are are um, promiscuous or mm-hmm. whole behavior depending on how selective you are. I think sometimes mm-hmm. when we label people as hoes because. They don't seem to have any selection process. It's yeah. just anything that passes their way. That, anything that has a with, mutual a, interest. with a heartbeat, yeah. a mutual interest, and a stiff dick. <laughs> so I think that's a part of it too. But be safe. I do think that that if it becomes too much, you're you're jeopardizing your safety and your health. Yeah, so absolutely. I don't have a number, but but everybody knows their limits and 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 health practices. Yeah. 
That is true. Yeah. So I think we we come to terms with with agreeing just basically with one's wholeness. Even though on Mary Jane, if you all did not see it, they were kind of making a joke about it. But uh, this is something that a lot of people, whether you all want to admit it or not, listening, this is something that a lot of people actually, I feel like they have conversation about, whether it's with someone else or with themselves. At some point in time, you know, and I'm not one, I don't even consider uh, Gabrielle Union's character a hoe. No, I don't either. So, and it, it does go hand in hand with how you measure promiscuity. She's not nice, but she's not Right, nice. right, right. <laughs> she's emotionally unavailable, but that's, that's a, a whole, whole different story. Yes, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Okay, our second topic is about hooking up with with someone that a friend has been with. And baby, when I tell you, I don't want to spend too much time on this topic because Mm. y'all know that I get emotionally passionate about certain things. And what would you say... Okay, let me ask you this, Kendall. What would you say would be like, sort of like, do like guy codes and girl codes mirror each other when it comes to something like this? And does it matter... If the friend just slept with the person or if the friend was dating the person. Okay, so to your first question, guy code as far as gay guy code or straight guy code? See, it's so many subcultures. (laughs) It's so many subcultures. I just think um, umbrella-wise that there's just a morally ethic code that everybody needs to abide by. I agree. But what's what's the difference between gay guy code and straight guy code? Well, I think that, that because of the vulnerability and the, the investment of care or attention to certain topics that uh, heteronormative society tends to engage in, um, they would never, a straight guy code, they would, most of them, um, in my opinion or my experiences, they wouldn't acknowledge that they care if their mm-hmm. um, male friend engaged in any type of sexual activity with an ex or a... Um, and and if they did, it would be very hyper masculine yes. and, and on just a whole different level mm-hmm. as far as far as it just simply being betrayal, yeah, um, and crossing ethical lines. But I completely agree with you that there are ethical lines overall, no matter what subculture or mm-hmm. subgroup that you identify with. That there's a certain understanding and common courtesy that you owe friends and loved ones uh-huh. when you choose to engage with people that they've had any type of history with. Mm-hmm. Um, and what comes to mind, and it, well, there's no sexual involvement in this, but um, Candy and Phaedra. Okay. Um, are you are you watching yes, this yes. season? And um, Phaedra being hurt that Todd mm-hmm. is housing some of Apollo's belongings, and that Candy didn't let her know. And I think that that just communication on some level would um, help salvage some friendships and some hurt feelings. Yeah, absolutely. My thing with this topic is, have I been tempted? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. However, I've never acted. And for me, and don't give me the side eye, but for me, I think that it matters about, for one, the depth of the relationship that my friend had with this person and how long ago it was. Mm -hmm. If in the event that I know someone who slept with someone when we were in high school and that's all it was and I decide I want to go back to Chicago and I run into Boo Thang at the bar or the club mm-hmm. and I decide I want to have sex with them, I don't look at that as a big deal. Not that I would, but I'm saying, I'm just mm-hmm. saying, you know, umbrella term. I, w- I don't think I would look at that as a big deal. However, it adds a different layer to the conversation even if, let's say that, let's take it back to high school again. And let's say that this was my friend's boyfriend of a year and a half. And then I go back to Chicago, yeah. and we—that is totally different yeah. to me. That's totally different. 
And I, I don't I don't know if I would be okay with that. Even though we're in different places now and people have grown up. My 10-year reunion's coming up next year. Yeah. So it's been a decade. People have grown up, people have but it's just I think because I would never do that to anyone. My receipts show that I have never done that to anyone because I don't want it done to me. Because I, I feel like I would black out and I would not be able to take responsibility for my actions following when I got that news that my right. friend is humping. Right. On. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I actually had an incident in undergrad with one of my roommates who was my best friend at the time. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, to this day, not only do we rarely talk, but we only talk like via Snapchat. We don't even have each other's numbers. But anyway, this girl, we both were the same kind of girl. We both were trans girls. And I used to tell her who I was engaged with, like Mm -hmm. who I was, Mm -hmm. you know, entertaining. Yeah, that's what you do. To kind of mark my territory. Right. I was not telling her so she could go then pursue them. No, And that is what caused our friendship to literally deteriorate from the inside out. I don't know if she had any self-esteem issues or what, but it hurt me to the core. I had never experienced any type of betrayal on that level. And it hurt me to the core when guys, because I was the type of girl in undergrad who would entertain you and then we'd end up on some degree of friends mm-hmm. some some level of friendship that's mm-hmm. what we ended up mm-hmm. on even if it was just oh i'm at buffalo wild wings with the girls and him texting me bring me back six you know parmesan garlic right okay boo right like we ended up with some sort of camaraderie i should say right. and so to have guys screenshot and be like hey what's your friend on because because she was in their inbox yeah that is i couldn't handle that I could not handle that. Yeah, I don't... I, I would prefer it not to be done. I think, again, with the, how selective I am with who I engage with, even if it's only on a sexual level, there's some type of chemistry or bond or attraction that I wouldn't want my friends encroaching mm-hmm. on. Um, and Especially so, friends that you're living together. This was my yeah, roommate and my friend. Yeah, um, I had an undergraduate experience as well, and I was probably the on the shady end of things. <laughs> and I won't go into too much detail. Just We'll provide some context at least so we can judge but you. But no, one of my first, first <laughs> friends in undergraduate, I went to school five hours from home. So okay. I, I you know, I was um completely on my own. And so one of my first friends, um, by the time I was a senior, um, there was a new freshman mm-hmm. that um several girls had their eyes on mm-hmm. um he was you know, um i didn't know he was gay until we or by whatever whatever um, look let's but, not police people yes, whatever he, he had an, an affinity for for bussy he never identified with me <laughs> so I don't, I don't know um i don't know but um yeah and she really liked him and people were always um speculating about what what their relationship was there was very little speculation about his sexuality because mm-hmm. he was basketball player he was very hyper masculine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and we had a secret little thing and wow. i was so um i carried that with me i'm not good with but now was, I, your, was your friend did she just like him or were see, they bumping and, see, and doing it that's that's how i justify it to myself because they weren't doing anything okay um it was i think it worked for him because he was able to have that facade without that actually beard. having to yes yes his beard um, without actually having to engage with anybody, mm-hmm. but and for her, it gave her a little bit of status and and so they were basically attention. like maybe like caking it, like yeah. his arm was maybe around her in public or right. Something like he was, that. She was conveniently like his Valentine, gotcha, and, you know, things gotcha. like that. Um, 
And I had to tell her. One year, I got wow. drunk on my birthday, and I just couldn't oh. carry it anymore. And I had to tell her because I... And she wasn't, and we're friends to this day, and she was not upset with me, but... I would understand if she was yes, because yes. and and I and when she would come to me for advice I would have this Ooh, confliction because yes. it was like no he's mine but uh maybe but, you should do this girl <laughs> no, but you I sabotaging was, her No for the record on the record I was always a good friend to her and I <laughs> tried good. to get because because I knew he and I were never going to be in a relationship so. And that is important to note you have to know what it is. We were never going to be. And, and you have to call it that. Because so, there's so many of the kids. That's a whole other conversation. But there's so many people running around with rose-colored glasses on. Right. Instead of looking at things for face value. And that's not even being cynical. That's just call a thing is. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So how does she react? Um. Well, I was drunk and it was my birthday. So I think that... I don't know. Um, I, I don't know how... She didn't blow up or she anything? She didn't blow up. She was not upset. She said a lot of things made sense Okay. after me telling her that. Um, and she was... She felt betrayed by him, not because he led her on in any way, but just because that they had... She thought they had a genuine yeah. friendship. And, and you don't was, really know, maybe... Because you only know, actually, what she told you or what she shared with you or maybe what you observed from the outside looking yeah. in. You don't know those conversations that they might right, have had. Right, so yeah, it's not so. really my, my... I don't have room to judge on that. But, um, yeah, just be decent. Do do unto others as you want done unto you. Literally, if don't, you don't want... That is the golden rule. If you don't want it done to you, then don't know Matt. Like I said, I have been tempted yeah. before. But you have to... A lot of times, we have to take the high road... And realize that boys are like buses. You miss one, next 15, one coming. Like, it's and not that I think deep. a big part of this thing called adulthood is practicing self-control. Yes. We want a lot of things in life that mm-hmm. we just can't have or shouldn't yeah. have. Uh, you have to look at what those friendships mean to you, what yep. those bonds mean to you, and, and what betrayal and do you want your people? relationship tarnished? Yeah. I mean, well, your reputation tarnished, yeah. rather. Because I just, I could not do, it took me forever to bounce back. Just for the record, she and I have never had a full in-depth conversation about this, nor has she apologized to me. But y'all so, talk on Snapchat? We talk on Snapchat. It was one of those things where I was conflicted, not to talk about this for a, a million years. It was one of those things where I was conflicted because I did enjoy and appreciate her friendship. Right. So that is what made it so hard for me. Because normally, listen, right. I'm, a, I'm a Capricorn in every sense. Wendy. It ain't nothing to cut your ass <laughs> off, okay? From the school of Miss Wendy it's Williams. It's nothing. Absolutely. This is way before Miss Wendy. <laughs> I, you can check my receipts back to fifth grade. Yeah. It's nothing for me to cut your ass off. But because I valued her friendship... It made it challenging for me. And in return, I just ended up just trashing her name, which I shouldn't have. But I needed some sort of escape. I needed closure. And I still, you know, now I'm not worried about it. I'm in Hollywood doing my thing and, you know, whatever. But I'm not worried about it anymore. But, yeah, you really have to watch that. Do unto others. That's what what we want to say for topic number two. Yeah, do unto others. And that is the guy code and the girl code. Do unto others. Period. (laughs) <laughs> All right, the Kardashian family, you know, they uh, set up there. You don't like the Kardashians? I'm, I love hate. It's a love-hate thing. Okay, you love to hate. That's fine, because I'm one of the very few African-Americans <laughs> who, well, I'm going to say black American. I don't identify. Listen, I'm not Raven. <laughs> Let's not. Let's I'm not Raven <laughs> Simone, but I am black American. Yes. Um. Anyhow, I'm one of the very few black Americans that I know that actually likes the Kardashians. But anywho. On Thanksgiving, they all shared a uh, group photo on social media. Who was that man? 
no one knows who the fuck that man was. That People are saying, is it Rob? Is it like no one knew who they said it's I, Rob Black now? Thought it, I thought it was Lamar for a second and got real happy. No, he's but... too short. Yeah, Lamar's in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. But no one knows who the if you all know who the random black guy is on the far I guess left. it would be our left. Yeah. The far left. Tweet us at Kendall underscore JW. Or Char says so or KAT Networks and let us know who just who the hell he who is. is. He? But anywho, the picture included everyone from Chris to Caitlin, Kendall, Kylie, Kim, Scott, Penelope, Rain, everybody, North, South, Kanye. All of them. Everybody. <laughs> so um the question hold on, my phone just went dead. Okay. The question is, my blended family, do you think people like the Kardashians are um uh, kind of making this like the norm? Like do you think the, this millennial generation is kind of helping to socialize and kind of push forward the world in their way of thinking? Again, this this question is kind of layered for me, kind of like my like and dislike for the, for the Kardashian family as a whole. Because I think that it's, a blended family, that's great because, again, we have to take the high road and accept certain things and embrace people for who they are and all that great stuff and come together on family occasions. Mm-hmm. But I think a part of that is also expecting people to not feel a certain type of way and, and act that out when they're emotional about something. Because if you look at the picture, Chris and Caitlin are standing next to each other. Mm-hmm. If Chris said that she didn't want to take that picture or didn't want to stand next to Caitlin, um, I would find her to be perfectly... Um, Right or justified in feeling that way. Me too. Um, and I think that. But do you think other people people would have demonized her for that for not? People to... would, and I think mm-hmm. that that's unfair because I do think that Bruce was wrong in the way that he handled that, and Caitlyn is still wrong for the way that she's handling that. Okay. Um, and so I, I. And why do you think that? What is the that that you're speaking? Of? Um, her transition. I don't think that she was completely forthcoming. Um, and well, me either. But in fairness, there's no roadmap to transition. There's right. no right way to transition. Right. Honestly, true, and that's fair. And I and I I do empathize with with her on that level. But I um, I think that she can be very defensive and mm-hmm. dismissive. Yep. Um, to, me too. to how other people are are feeling, like it's only her battle. Yeah. Um, and other people don't have to adjust. Yeah. So so anyway, I say that to just to say that I think that um, this socialization that they're doing and and this normative. Because I think it's to, unintentional. Yeah, I don't think it's intentional. No, I don't think that. I don't think that Caitlyn's malicious mm-hmm. um, in that way. Um, but I think that whatever they're pushing um, and trying to be the best family that they can be to each other, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't allow. Even though they have a quote unquote reality show, mm-hmm. it doesn't allow people to really see the depths of that that difficulty and and. I mean, some aspects of it, yes. Yeah. That I am. Kate I watch did. every Sunday. Right. <laughs> I do. I keep up with the cards every Sunday. I try not that to. Is I, my... I try to keep behind. <laughs> <laughs> that is part of my Sunday regimen behind Real Housewives of Atlanta. Soul Train Awards tonight. The, I know, but I won't. I'm going to a part. Well, an event tonight. Okay. So I'm, I'm like... gonna miss it, but I'm sure Centric will play the dog shit out oh, of I'm it. I'm sorry. So. It's recorded. So. Um, I did see a little clip of Fantasia singing uh... one of my favorite songs, Superwoman. Oh my gosh, she took it to church. But anywho. Mm. I actually really, really like this because for starters, a lot of this millennial generation, we are dealing with, and I feel like the only reason why we are dealing with so many different layers to families now is because people are becoming more comfortable in who they are. I feel like families like this have always been around, but 
for you to be okay to bring a black man home and for someone to transition, that was not necessarily okay. Right. So what I do appreciate about this is like, I'm a big fan of ABC's show Modern Family. Mm -hmm. All they're missing is a trans character, Mm -hmm. honestly. But Mm -hmm. because that is, I feel like it's a reflection of today's society. I feel like it's a reflection of American culture. And I love that the Kardashians are living this unapologetically. And I feel like they are unintentionally kind of guiding the way. The Kardashians, whether you want to admit it or not, they do dictate a lot of the culture. They are the, they, they set the agenda. They set the agenda yeah. from everything to, they got everybody contouring their faces. They got like, they dictate certain, I'm going to say they didn't dictate certain aspects yeah. of the culture. Yeah. Okay. Don't, and don't, so by, don't tear us apart. We don't. Right. Well, listen, even if you choose to, as Nini so infamously said, I said what I said. Shed, shed. Right, shed. (laughs) But no, no, no. So I think that they are, I love it. I love that it's multiracial. I love that Caitlyn's trans self is back there. And I just, I don't know. I really, I, I like the picture. I, I do appreciate it. And for I like that. the show. And yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. They, they are staring at a conversation, a conversation that needs to be had. And I think that sometimes, even if you don't agree with what they're presenting, the conversation and this type of discussion that mm-hmm. we're having gets put on that the That is one thing that I do about. appreciate about Caitlyn yeah. because she forced people to have the conversation that would have never had the conversation. Because everyone knows who Caitlyn Jenner is, right. whether it is our parents and grandparents who knew her from the Olympics Olympics, or our little cousins who knew her as the wacky stepdad on that one show about the girl with the big butt. Everybody knows who Caitlyn Jenner is. So that is one aspect that I really, really do appreciate about her. And, um, yeah, moving on. Hashtag Thanksgiving with black families. That was great, wasn't it? Oh my gosh. That was, I love when black Twitter can come together and literally just have a good time. Just whether we're dragging someone, whether we're dragging Paula Dean. Or, you know, doing something like this. I just, I live for moments right. like this. These are the best moments on Twitter. They are a good escape from whatever you're doing. And it was the most popular hashtag uh, this week. Do you have any fa- I have too many favorites to actually rattle off. I th- but I do have two. I'll say my two after you say yours. Okay, I think that the, the any anyone that alluded to you being antisocial and not wanting your little cousins around mm-hmm. is me. Or my mama said, mama said we could play in your Yeah, room. With, with LeBron and yes. I. Yeah. I felt that in my core. <laughs> Why? I felt that in my core. Get out. I felt that in my, no, that's what I'm saying. Get out. <laughs> I felt that in my core because my cousins would come and be the Tasmanian devil in my room and play with, you know, like your most cherished toys yeah. or whatever, breaking yeah. shit, popping wheels off. No, I'm not that girl. But the two that really stood out to me the first of which was when you finally uh, grown enough to be in grown folks' business. Ooh, and you my business. Yes. <laughs> yes. That resonated yes. with me because growing up, I hated not being able yes. to have access to those conversations because yes. I felt like they were the juiciest. Yeah. Now, I'm a nosy girl. Right. And the second one, oh my God, the shade room. Because I have an aunt that I have butted heads with a good chunk of my life. I love her. I really do. But we just don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. So she stays in her corner and I stay in mine at family functions. But the Shade Room posted, uh, it was a short video talking about that one auntie that thinks she can talk to you any kind of way. Uh-huh. I didn't miss, and that. It I missed was, that one. Oh my, I'm going to have to show you when the show is <laughs> over. But I tell you, it struck the biggest chord with me. It was when Candy and Nene kind of first met <laughs> and they were arguing. <laughs> 
Candy always pulls Lanethia together. Yes, and Nene was acting like that aunt, and Candy was like, bring it down <laughs> before I have to blow on your ass. Like, I was like, been there. And my family isn't even a rowdy family, but they also know, I think my family has known from the time I was a child not to try me. Yeah. I've always been somewhat yeah. of a firecracker. Yeah. I've always been too smart for my own good, and I've always had a smart-ass, quick-ass mouth. Yeah. So my family knew, not, and I, I, I challenged them. You don't, I'm not, I was never the niece that you could cherry pick Bible scriptures and try to right, justify because right. I was always gonna call you out. Oh, and, those, and, those and now back. you're trying to now you're trying to whoop me. Because <laughs> I called you out. Right. Those, back. Back. Yeah, those right. were great. That was me. Yeah. That was me at twelve. Okay. Yeah. So um yeah, so do you think that those memes, do you think that this trending topic, do you think it's a generational thing? Like do you think they'll still hold weight ten years from now? I do. I do because there. I mean, there's, there's, th- like I said, as we grow, certain, certain things that we focus on on holidays are completely changed. So those were a lot of them were things that I still I don't identify with current traditions mm-hmm. because things have changed um, as far as like location and things and people moving on. But, um, but those were things from my childhood that I vividly remember, and I'm sure that my little 14 year old sister identifies with. Like, get out of my room because yes. she's the older, the older cousin, cousin now, now with, right. with the younger ones. Um, I feel like it's a, (coughs) oh, excuse me. (coughs) I feel like it's a cultural thing. Yeah. It's something that has no beginning and has no end. It just is what it is. I'm sure my grandparents could relate to a lot of, you know, stuff for some of the stuff like y'all need to get off them phones and talk to one another. There's certain things that certain generations can't relate to, but I feel like overall it was just the best. There were so many. I I don't even think I've seen them all. There were so many. The the Michael Jackson one where uh, everybody else was throwing up a gang sign and he was like, when you're forced to take a picture with your (laughs) trade cousins. (laughs) Oh my God. No, they had one called a trans Thanksgiving. It was really, it was tiny though, but Uh it was so funny with that. The the funniest one to me was... uh, when y'all all in the same room and that one old, that one elderly relative goes, and now, now whose daughter is that? <laughs> and the whole room gets silent. <laughs> How do we answer this? I'm like, uh, <laughs> kind of been there too. So a yeah. trans Christmas was, and uh, when you enter the room and all your girl cousins get uh, gather around, you'll want to talk hair, makeup, and fashion. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the gays can relate to that too. Yeah. So overall... That was just a bomb ass trending topic, and I'm probably gonna. Well, I got to show you the Nini one after. I have this, to see that, guys. That wraps up our show. I'm, I'm pretty sure this was like a hundred, one minute and twenty seconds, uh, yeah, or because, twenty minutes. Because I didn't even get to say nothing. I, I mean, I one hour. Know. Sorry, guys. One hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> one minute and twenty minutes. <laughs> one minute and twenty minutes. <laughs> One and I promise I haven't been drinking and I don't hit the bud. So no, 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 neither. No, this no. was fun, Kendall. No, thank you for being my co-host this week, me. Kiss and Tell episode ten. And again, remind the people where they can find you, Kendall underscore JW. Kendall spelled just like the Jenna girl. I do like her. I like Kendall too. I Did like you see her. her Modern Muse commercial for Estee Lauder? No, it's good. No, I forgot what song they have playing. But anywho, I am Char Jocel. You can find me at charsaysso.com. And Char Says So on all of the social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, Periscope, uh, Facebook, all of it. Christian Mingle. <laughs> all of it. All right, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Jace will be back. KAT Networks. Bye, We're guys. Out. Thanks, Kendall. Thank you.